The following program contains important but graphic material. These topics are designed to foster discussion, but may be objectionable to some. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This program is a training program on human trafficking, sextortion, social media exploitation, and child pornography based on actual cases. Our mission is to eradicate human exploitation and bring predators to justice. Now, here is the host of the program, Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. This is Opal Singleton coming to you from beautiful, wonderful Southern California. Well, we're going to have a great show today, folks. Uh, By the way, you can call in. Now, I know I see all the stats. I see who's listening and who isn't. And uh, I know that many of you do this by archive because you're in various time zones or even outside the United States. But many, many followers in the United States uh, listen directly. And if you want to call in, you call in to 1-866-472-5788. Well, we have an interesting show today, and I'm really excited about it. I have two guests, one I've known for a very long time, and one is a new friend. Uh, our guests today are Patrick Erlinson. You'll have to watch how I say that name. Anytime I get anything like single term with three syllables, I really blow that baby. But anyway, uh, Patrick Erlinson and also Jeremy Greening. Uh, Patrick and Jeremy, you want to say hello? Um, hello, hello Patrick Erlinson. Um, <laughs> okay, Patrick first. <laughs> okay, this is Patrick Erlinson. You did very well, Opal. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm calling in from San Pedro, California. For for those of really outside the here. United States, that's down by Long Beach, just south of Los Angeles. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah, part of Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's wonderful to be on your show, and I'm really glad that you that you have it called uh, Crimes Against Humanity, because this is clearly what this topic is, is all about. So thank it you is. for having me on. I, I have known Patrick for many, many years. He is uh, a leader for the Long Beach Task Force, the Anti-Human Trafficking Task Force, and has been a major advocate of combating human trafficking and all kinds of sexual exploitation crimes for a long time. Our other guest is Jeremy Greening. He's new to me. Jeremy, uh, you know, say hello. Tell the tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Thank you, Opal, again for the opportunity to join the show today. Uh, my name is Jeremy, Jeremy Greening. I also live here in the Inland Empire area of Southern California. From the Los Angeles area originally, been away for almost two decades in Texas and Tennessee. We became aware of the issues of human trafficking and the um, really connecting the dots between pornography and prostitution about three years ago when we were living in Middle Tennessee and dealing with the consequences of that in our area and uh, became something that our family was very passionate about, and we really felt led to move back to Southern California and find a way to contribute in this area. So again, thank you, and really appreciate the opportunity for Patrick and I to discuss specifically what men can do about it. Yeah, that, that's really where we want to go today. You know, I, I have been a proponent of men playing the leadership role in this. It's a fascinating thing. I've been in this uh, about 10 years now, and um For the most part, when you get into activism against human trafficking, the men are like, 
you know, held up and nailed to a cross and, you know, put down and shamed and like that. And I've never been a proponent of that. Uh, I believe, in, and this is why I was really excited when I heard from you guys about what you're doing. There is, there are, clean up my English here, there are many ways that men can be proactive and really make a difference in this. So, uh, I don't know who wants to start here. Maybe maybe start with uh, what Jeremy and you just tell us a little bit about your thinking about how men can make a difference in combating human trafficking. And then Patrick, you just jump right in there with him. Okay. Sure. So obviously, there's a lot of practical ways that men can become involved, and, and we'll certainly talk about that today. But I think it's important that we start by looking at the apathy of fathers and what we need to be doing differently to make sure that we are taking a leadership position in our own families, within our four walls, as well as with our spheres of influence, whether that's at work or community or church or synagogue, et cetera. Um, just a couple of quick examples. You know, I was attending a Christ- Christian family retreat recently, and there was a mother there talking about the struggles she was having with her son viewing pornography online, and he had found ways to get around all the passwords on the computers, etc. and she was at the point where she did not feel comfortable leaving him at, lo- at home alone, mm-hmm. and when she turned to the dad, he just kind of shrugged his shoulders and thought, well, it was bound to happen at some point. So it just makes me wonder, okay, does dad have a problem too? Or is it just that we have become so desensitized to this problem that we are completely apathetic as fathers? And that really struck me as something that we cannot accept in our households. We've got to rise above that apathy. We've got to be proactive in making sure that this type of behavior is not viewed as normal. Yeah, uh, Patrick, you want to jump in here? Uh, these these two gentlemen are in completely different cities, so um, that's why I'm kind of directing this here. But uh, Patrick, what are what is your thought on that situation? Well, I think one thing is this is this is not the pornography of the past, and, and I, I usually compare it to the the shooter in Las Vegas who took a a single shotgun, put a bump stock on it, and ended up just firing down into a crowd of people. Um, where everyone became a target, and he was able to just hit, hit as many people as possible. And I think Internet pornography has just changed the whole game. Um, not only is it everywhere and extreme, it's, just, it's, it's gone from Playboy magazine into something much more, much more graphic and much more destructive. And I think a lot of people in maybe my generation or the people who first exposure to pornography was Playboy magazine don't really understand just how damaging and dangerous the current situation of pornography is. What, what's being fed to our children on a daily basis with very little filters, with very little restriction um, is completely different from before. And I think in, in my own personal case, and I shared this story before, my dad was a great guy. He was a professor and wonderful human being. And yet for some reason I went under his mattress and found a Playboy magazine when I was pretty young. And that was mm-hmm. my exposure, my first exposure to pornography. And it was and it created this kind of conflict of this is a this is a great guy that I love very much and he's and, and so it must be okay because he's looking at it. But he's hiding it. So and and I think a lot of people have had this kind of 
you know, this, this introduction to pornography at some point in their lives and it was either accepted or, or rejected. Um, but I think it's, we've changed the game and now someone once called it the, the, it's the largest unregulated social experiment in human history to Mm -hmm. have the massive quantity of pornography that's been pumped out into every cell phone, you know, every computer in the world, um, at people's leisure, um, is, is something that is extremely detrimental and far worse than people come to, come to realize. And so there, there is kind of a, a disconnect between a lot of fathers and, and the current state of pornography and what their children are being exposed to. Um, yeah. I, just, I just attended a, a summit on pornography and sexual integrity up in the Bay Area. And, and it's to hear the testimony of these young people who are you know, looking at getting married and they, they're dragging into their marriages a problem with looking at pornography that they've had since they were 10 and, and how that's going to affect their, their future marriage. You know, I um, I don't want to dominate because you guys are the experts, but I really would like to jump in here. You get me all charged up. We might have to do this two shows. But anyway, uh, you're absolutely right, both of you. I often talk in my talk that for most of our kids today, their first sexual experience will be a virtual sexual experience. And I think parents yeah. are not quite ready for what that actually means. I also know a a counselor who deals with pornography addiction, and he told me that whatever age you first see that pornography will set the stage for how addicted you're liable to be over in the future. But uh, in the future, and so one of his first questions as he takes in a client is, what age were you when you first saw it, especially those that are highly addicted? And he sees that the younger they first see pornography, the more addicted they will become. Now, I want to take this in a different direction here a minute, and then uh, we're going to be coming up on a break here in about three minutes, so uh, hang with us. But I want to talk and open the door about exactly what Patrick and Jeremy are saying. uh, Pornhub came out with their 2018 results last uh, week, I think it was. And by the way, I I just wanted to add into that. I talked to a mother this last week, and she was telling me after I spoke that her 10-year-old was on Pornhub. Is that a problem? And I just looked at her. She looked like a very intelligent lady and a great mother. And I'm going, let me practice this with you. Pornhub. Pornhub. Hub. Does that any any word there kind of disturb you with ten years old? And you're absolutely right. What you're saying is there's a desensitization. I can't. They're desensitized about this. But let me take it a step further. They were doing at Pornhub, the largest in the world, and uh, one of millions and millions of sites had 33 billion downloads, an average of 1,000 a second. They had enough videos that if they started playing them from beginning to end, they'd need to start in 1903 to reach today. But in their top 10 searches, six of them are animated video game characters. So I got involved in that, and I started looking at it. I'm going, what the heck is this? How did I miss this trend? Number two search in Pornhub is Bowsette, which comes from uh, uh, Fortnite. And I started looking at it, and the top six searches are characters. They're Marvel characters like Spider-Man and uh, Overwatch, and uh, Fortnite was huge in there. About 40 million downloads of animated characters. 
So they see this as not being pornography. They see this as just an extension of their video game. Now, I went in there and I started looking at this stuff. I don't like doing that, but I will from time to time for research for the sheriff department. And I'm telling you, I am not a wuss, but I, you know, I'm not old enough to see this stuff. (laughs) Animation, you can go from A to Z. You have no context, no relationship, no give and take, no nothing. Now, here's the scary part. When I was through, two hours later, it was being fed back to me in bars up and above my search as artificial intelligence. And I now have a profile that I like animated video game pornography. So here's the problem with all of this is that, you know, our kids are as exactly Patrick just said, is it doesn't look the same. It is everywhere. It's built into games. Parents are oblivious and our kids are getting addicted. Well, I have dominated and I'm going to back off here because we're getting ready to go in the next section and I really want Patrick and uh, Jeremy to take this on. This is Opal Singleton. It is Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We come to you every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. right here on Voice America Variety Channel. We're up against that break, folks, so stay with us. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is Opal Singleton, host of Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Did you know that every day in America, more than 9,000 kids are sextorted? That means blackmail with an illicit or naked photo. This does not have to happen. Million Kids has been educating in schools for over eight years now. And it is my dream to make a documentary that we can give to free to every school in America across the nation to educate our kids about how the Internet works and where a naked photo goes when you hit send. But we need matching funding on this. So if you have it in your heart today to support us in this documentary, please go to GoFundMe Million Kids. That is GoFundMe Million Kids and donate today. We can make this world a safer place for your kids and our kids. GoFundMe Million Kids. Thank you for your support. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, 
chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking about how men can make a difference in the fight against sex trafficking. We have some incredible guests today. One is Patrick Erlinson from Long Beach, California, and Jeremy Greening from Riverside area. This is all for those of you that don't know the area. It is outside of Los Angeles, and so we have a real fight going out here against sex trafficking. But more important, I want these gentlemen to tell us what men can do to make a difference in the fight against sex trafficking. And so... One of the things that we have been talking about is the apathy of fathers. Um, Jeremy, you want to just kind of take off on that and tell us where this is going and, and you know, even having to do with the numbing down of America. Right, exactly. I think just as you discussed in your book, Seduced, you, we can't be desensitized any longer to the sex and violence that is so pervasive. And as you stated, so many of the searches now for pornography are related to characters and themes that are part of our media and entertainment culture. And we as dads have got to be more proactive. We can't have one set of morals in the real world and another in the virtual. For us, as a family, we've really laid down some specific boundaries and we don't allow video games in the house. And I know that can be a challenge for a lot of folks, but you know, unfortunately, like, like Patrick mentioned earlier, you know, the type of sexualized content that's out there today is not what we you know, saw 10, 20, 30 years ago. It is so extreme that we have to really be all hands on deck in terms of making sure that we put up fences, but at the same time, use these as teachable moments and look for multiple opportunities to have the conversations with our children about what they're being fed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, another good example is listening to the lyrics of, of popular songs and oh, using that as an opportunity to talk with your kids and ask yes. questions like, what, what does this make you think about? You know, what kind of relationship is being conveyed by this material? You know, we have to have a lot of you know, two-way communication on a daily basis if we as dads are going to get ahead of this. 
Actually, uh, I just released my new book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls. And one of my main points in there is, Dad and Mom, get yourself an avatar if you're going to allow your child to have a video game. Now, video games, uh, many of these video games have a lot more sex in them than people realize. And I, and I loved what you said. I call it digital uh, morality. Get involved. Did we just kill a cop, sir? You know, <laughs> you know. play the game with a kid. Get an avatar. If you're going to allow your kid a game, get an avatar. You know, I, it, is that a prostitute that we're talking to? Are we thinking about having sex with her? Because let me tell you about how our family feels about that, son. You know, but that same father walked by that game and never, he'll just always oh, on that same He's on that stupid thing again. Patrick, you were talking about, you know, how different pornography is uh, with a digital influence. You want to you want to go further on that? <clears throat> of course, because <laughs> um, I think this, this is one of the reasons for those of us who have been fighting this fight against human trafficking for a long time. It's, and it's still increasing despite all of the awareness and all of the, the incredible and great efforts that have been made to fight against that level of exploitation is behind the scenes is within what's feeding the beast is pornography. And it's right. extreme pornography. It's extreme acts. It's things right. that your wife and your girlfriend are not going to be interested in doing. So, mm-hmm. so that also drives people <laughs> to the streets or online to look for for someone who will be compliant and can't say no. And I think the, the extreme versions of pornography now, I think, I mean, going back to looking, looking at brain science, we understand more about how the brain works today than we have in all of human history. The last five years, we, we know more than we ever have about how the brain works and how kind of, kind of the, the connections of the neurons takes place. And I think what we've learned is, is how Pornography actually changes your brain and it changes mm-hmm. your appetites and it changes who you see yourself to be. And I think to me, that's the thing that's most alarming. Uh, we have cases of, of young men who will start looking at pornography and it'll be one man, one woman. And then after the course of a year, even though they completely rejected it at first, after a year, they're looking for transsexual sex or they're looking for, for multiple partners and, and more and more extreme and more and more violent sex. And because the brain starts turning off, turning off the release of dopamine for the, for the more normal things and, and is seeking novelty and seeking something that's more extreme. So, so there were cases, I went to Bangkok. When I went to Cambodia, I also went to Bangkok and met with someone who, who was talking about men who are coming for sex with young boys who are right. not gay. It's just their exposure to pornography was, was creating a curiosity for things that they never would have identified with or kind of associated themselves with before and yes, I think that's it, where people have to realize the 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 how insidious this is and it'll change who you think you are it'll change what you're interested in and and then really damage any kind of normal relationships that you can have yeah you know one of the things that i've seen in my research with societal shift is it also changes your perception of relationship. And what is worrying me here about this is that we're giving this to kids who are prepubescent. Uh, so this is right. happening while they're getting a sexual identity. And in these video games, sex is a weapon. You actually get a score for having sex with a prostitute and killing her so you can get your money back. And so it's outside the context of a relationship. In fact, 
there is very little I see that is preparing our kids, male or female. And by the way, females are getting highly addicted to this also. That's the number two uh, fastest growing segment in a porn hub was lesbian and female sex. But the thing I see is that it changes their expectation of relationship. And, you know, sex is the one act that's connected to the soul, the one bodily function that's connected to the soul. And what these people are looking for is intimacy. However, in animated sex or even these video game sex, there is, it's a weapon, it's a score, there is no uh, human feedback, no give and take, no consideration for the partner, no connection to the soul. So they keep needing more and more because what they're seeking is intimacy, I believe, and yet they end up empty because it's simply uh, a one-way relationship with themselves. Right, right. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely, it's absolutely correct. correct. And and they're not mature enough emotionally, physically, or mentally to properly process what is being thrown at them. You know, I've been working recently with the good folks at Cultured Reframed, and they just released a parents program, and it's aimed at tweens. And that in and of itself saddens me that we actually have to be talking to our 9, 10, 11-year-olds about this because they are getting exposure at a younger and younger age. But they put them the on the phone. There, yeah, yeah. Right. It's very disturbing. There was a 2017 study in Australia that found that 85% of young men and 23% of young women between the ages of 15 and 29 watch porn daily or weekly. So, Mm -hmm. Patrick, as you mentioned, if you're immersed in this at a habitual level, of course, you're going to keep requiring more and more in order to remain interested and to get that same type of high that that you had previously. Yeah, it's a a fascinating (laughs) thing because when you get into virtual sex, uh, you do all the stuff that your brain thinks of as sex, and yet you have no context of relationship at all. That's right. And I think and that's there's the key. no heart or no love there. Mm-hmm. Right. No, no intimacy at all, and yet I think they they keep going back because they're seeking that feeling of intimacy, but it's the act that is just a mechanical act related to what they're what they're visualizing in animation or or uh, in photography. And that's where we yeah, have to step in and help our young people to change. Yeah. Change that um, attitude. Yeah, I really want to go into that. Uh, we're going to be coming up on a break here in about a minute or two. But uh, uh, Patrick, you belong to something called FatherCon, right? What is that? Yeah, that was kind of like after my years of working in prevention of human trafficking, my conclusion was that fathers are the first line of defense for our children, and they're also the greatest contributors to vulnerability in young people, allowing them to be exploited. Um, mm-hmm. So I started, that was the thing that I initiated to have a father conference, which was also starting a conversation of how significant fathers really are, and the impact that they have on their children's lives is, is a life or death significance. And we really need to start looking at that and appreciating it. Yes, absolutely. I uh, 
Uh, I don't know if I have time to say this, but I'm going to share it with you real quick. Is uh, I I sell these bracelets that say I believe in you. I believe that if men will learn those four words and share those with women all throughout their lives and find 15 ways to say I believe in you, then then you can change the world of sex trafficking. I do that in honor of my ex, right. my, my, my husband who passed away this last year, but he believed in me and he left me a sign to tell me how much he believed in me. And it changes who I am, even though he's gone. And I use that to teach men to change the lives of the women in their lives and especially foster children. We're up against that break, folks. So we're going to ask you to stay with us. We're going to be right back. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on The Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O P A L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited. Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We come to you every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Southern California time. It is a glorious day out here, folks. I know sometimes we get smog, but it's been raining and raining and raining and the sun is out and it's a whole new day and I'm like all refreshed and ready to rock and roll. So... Praise God for good things. 
Uh, we have guests today, and uh, one of them I've known for years and years, Patrick Erlinson from uh, from Long Beach, and also Jeremy Greening, who is new to me, but uh, really, really has a passion for how men can make a difference in the fight against sex trafficking. So, Patrick, let's start with you again. Tell us what your thinking is as far as what men can really do to make a difference other than don't buy sex. (laughs) Well, that's a really good place to start. But um, I was so so touched by what you just shared um, before the break about your husband and the support that he gave you and that he really believed in you. And I'm always reminded, too, of Malala Yousafzai, who who got the Nobel Peace Prize at the age of 16. And she she credits so much of her strength as a, you know, being able to endure what she went through to her father. And I think we, we have too often diminished and, and, and allowed the the role of the father to be seen as collateral and, and just kind of a, an appendage to the significance of the mother in the lives and raising of children. And I think, you know, increasingly data is showing that that's not the case and mm-hmm. that, that fathers, fathers have a unique influence over their daughters and their sons. Um, yes. When we had the father conference, the, our keynote speaker was Dr. Tim Rarick, who's kind of an authority on the father-daughter relationship. And he's, mm-hmm. he's spoken seven times to the United Nations on this unique relationship between fathers and daughters. And I think in, in talking with, with many survivors, that it goes back to this. They either had a father in their life who was abusive or, or in, many ca- in some cases, where they were actually selling their own daughters. But, um, right. but many that were just disconnected, disengaged. They didn't right. feel that they, were, that they were important in the lives of their daughters. And I think, so we need to change that 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 focus and for fathers to really wake up to the reality that when you disengage when you when you engage in behavior that's that's less than what your children need to see in you that there is real serious consequences and in a meeting i know that you have two opal but when you meet parents who've had their children their children trafficked i can't imagine the pain that that, that causes and and I yeah. think to, to realize as a, as a man that you created the vulnerability that allowed that suffering to happen to your daughter is immense. And if we yeah. can begin to change that awareness, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of things going on here that I want to just kind of have our audience understand. You know, 60% of kids in sex trafficking come from foster care. And that's the reason why I started the I Believe in You movement with my husband based on what my husband gave me as a gift. Because they have a hole in their heart as big as the sky. And it occurred to me that if I can teach the men of the world to say, I believe in you and find 15 different ways to say that, especially the foster kids. You know, we gave um, that people buy my bracelets or a buck a piece and they and for every one we sell, we give one to a foster kid. And uh, it, the stories are enormous on there. You know, that this last one said, the social worker gave her an I believe in you bracelet. And she said, you know, everybody else thinks I'm stupid. And uh, the power of a man to be able to look in an appropriate way, in an appropriate way, but to be able to come through the world and and be able to find 15 different ways to say, I believe in you. Think what a pimp is selling a girl. I believe in you, baby. I'm here for you. I'm going to take care yeah, right. of you. 
you know. And if I can get good men who are strong moral males, you know, with good morals and good standards to learn those four words, you can change the world and it won't cost you anything. Well, unless you buy one of my dollar bracelets, but, you know, (laughs) it won't cost you anything to change the world just by changing your attitude of the power of a man. That's so true. I think that's what I found in working with men standing against trafficking, because that's the other thing. We, we do a monthly stand in an area where trafficking is occurring, and, it's, and it's, it, it requires very little. I mean, we get, we get men together. We've gotten families together. We take over an intersection. Um, recently, we've been doing Victoria Street and Long Beach Boulevard, which is where there are a number of hotels that are all used for trafficking. And, um, and in, in one of those, the, the trafficker killed the, the young woman who was uh. working for him. Um, and so we decided to go to that intersection and we take it over and we hold signs and basically we send a message. And I think to me, this is really important that the men send a message to the girls that not all men are customers, that there are men who really care about what's happening to them. Um, that we send a message to the customers who are on their way to buy body parts that they, that they realize that they're being seen and that this is not a victimless crime. This is not something that they're doing that doesn't have consequences, but the suffering of the girls is very real and the damage they're doing to their own relationships is real. Um, And then also to the traffickers themselves, that we as a community see what's happening and we don't accept it. And, 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 And that message, I think, is extremely important that we get out to those three groups. And so that's what we do through men landing against trafficking. Yeah. And yeah, Jeremy, I know point. Yeah, Jeremy, I know that you do some work here uh with rebirth homes uh here in Southern California. So tell me your what you're doing as a man to uh support those efforts. So it really ties into what Patrick just mentioned about this notion of changing the perception that men are just a transaction. And in working with Rebirth Homes and recognizing that as women who have been victimized or healing, they're often very uh, cautious and wary of, of coming into contact with men. And we're wanting to change that attitude, helping them recognize that it isn't just about an exchange of goods for money. And you know, we've even found that even once women have left the life and they're going through the healing process, they mm-hmm. still often don't view men in a healthy way. Even if you offer oh, sure. to come do something practical, like do the shopping or do a home repair activity, it's still this transactional, very cold type of um, relationship. So we're trying to change that perspective, try to really help the women recognize that we are here to help build, rebuild their self-esteem. Uh, one issue with children especially, and, and part of what we're doing through Armor Bearers, which is the, the men's ministry arm of Rebirth Homes, is to help these fathers recognize that if they aren't lifting up their, their daughters and demonstrating and establishing the right attitude in their sons, we're going to lose them. Your children yes. are very focused on peer esteem if they can't develop that self-esteem and have that healthy relationship with their, their mothers and, and especially with their fathers. So if we're not there taking that leadership role, they're going to turn to their peer group. And as we've been discussing, you know, the hypersexualization of our culture, the peer pressure, the video games, 
the music, et cetera, et cetera, that's going to be providing the influence. So we're really focused on two things, helping the women heal their perspective on their relationships with men as they're going through the program. And then secondly, helping these fathers be more proactive in having these tough conversations, but taking that leadership role. Um, One other thing that we've done personally with our two older children, because I have two teenagers and then I've got six who are age seven and under. So it scares me to death to think of what what I'm up against with the, the younger group. But helping our teenagers or even our tweens these days realize that they can overcome the low expectations that society mm-hmm. has for them now and getting them involved in something meaningful so that they have that self-esteem and they feel empowered to really make a difference. I think that that's so important. And I, and I want to get back a little bit to Patrick here on what we were talking about. You know, this, what is concerning, and I, I talk about this in societal shift, we are giving our kids these um, phones and tablets earlier and earlier. Uh, and I mean, I, it's crazy to me that we hand a phone or a tablet to a child before we have a sex talk with them. Because, you know, the minute you do that, somebody else is going to have that sex talk. You know, it's called the World Wide Web. You are putting your child out there to up to a billion people and the sex talk they're going to have with your child, you're not going to agree to. And so it's almost like, uh, and by the way, I'm not, uh, this isn't about societal shit, but I'm not anti-technology. What I am is right. teaching parents how to parent in the world that is coming on them very, very fast and making it a positive encounter. And you're, you, both of you are so right. We must start early because we're putting our kids out there. We're total strangers impacting our kids, but we have no strategy on how to counteract that with proactive parenting. Well, I, if I can jump in here, I... Again, this is Patrick. Uh, the thing that I think is one of the greatest antidotes, and I and I see this in all of these different youth groups and stuff that I've been speaking with, is that what kids really want to see is they want to see their mother and father love each other. And no I think kidding. when we realize <laughs> that we model what they really want in life, yes. the whole foundation of the sex industry is a lie. It's all based on a lie, and it's tricking yes. you into believing you're going to get something that you that you can't get from it. And I think right. what you, what the most powerful thing in the, in this universe is when a, a man loves his wife and a wife loves the man and they model that for their children. And that makes sense of the universe. And okay. I think recently in, in conversation I've had where, where the, the child, if the, if the father or the mother has an extramarital relationship, which pornography definitely falls into the, the child starts questioning love and starts mm-hmm. doubting in, in the reality of love. And that opens them up to so many influences that we don't even want to think about. My heck, Patrick, I haven't talked to you for quite a long time, but I just did a radio show on that very subject about how shame-based behavior is generational and you will, your kids will sense it and react to it. And if you're out there cheating and you're thinking you're doing it in a vacuum, you are kidding yourself. You know, you are impacting everybody around you and it creates a shame-based environment that your children are starting to get their sexual identity in and it will change 
change who they are, and it will change their kids if they don't get a, exactly. if they don't address it. You know, it's a fascinating thing, folks. We are already up against that hard break, so we're going to ask you to stay with us. We have Patrick Erlinson and Jeremy Greening with us. This is Opal Singleton. We'll be right back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Seduced, The Grooming of America's Teenagers is the most important book a parent will read this year. Human trafficking is one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Three out of four victims are U.S. citizens. Most are our young people who have been lured into prostitution by a boyfriend or girlfriend or hook up with a newfound love on the Internet. Sometimes they are victims of blackmail as a result of sending a revealing photo. Sometimes it's catastrophic. Opal Singleton, president of Million Kids, has written a powerful book for parents, educators, civic leaders, and first responders about how predators use social media, apps, chat rooms, video games, and the dark web to access, groom, recruit, and exploit young people. It is truly a must-read for every parent, grandparent, and teacher in America. Seduced, the grooming of America's teenagers, will help you understand how technology makes an innocent teen vulnerable to predators and how to talk to teens to keep them safe. Priced at $15.99 plus $4 shipping, Seduced can be ordered at millionkids.org. Share this with everyone you know. You are listening to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. If you have a question or comment, please send an email to opal at millionkids.org. That's O-P-A-L at millionkids.org. Now, back to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Here again is Opal Singleton. Hello and welcome back to Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We are talking to Patrick Erlinson and Jeremy Greening, and we are talking about how men can make a difference in the fight against sex trafficking. We are uh, This segment's shorter, and I want to make sure that people know how to reach you and all that. But before we do, I, there's one more aspect of men in the fight against sex trafficking that I just want to bring up and get your thoughts on. You know, what is happening more and more is our young kids are being sucked in. This is called sextortion, and I've done a, a, a whole lot in my book of, of a societal shift on that. Kids are being sucked in by people they will have never met on the Internet, and they fall in love, get a fantasy relationship, and they send photos, just horrific photos trying to please those people. And, of course, that man turns on them, starts to call them names, demands more photos, wants money, wants sex, wants photos of more sex, unlike that. And what is happening is this child is getting starting out their sexual relationship as a shame-based, you know, no relationship. There's nobody in the room with them. They self-violate. It isn't like they can blame Uncle Bob for violating them. They fell in love. They did it, and they send it, and now they're being blackmailed. Here's the thing I wanted to go into, and this may be a whole other segment. We're kind of starting to run out of time, but... You know, I sat with the fathers of those kids. They're 11, 12, 13 years old. They've inserted things in their body and filmed it and sent it off. And the fathers are just devastated 
you know, they're suffering the grieving loss of the innocence of their child, but at the same time, they're a man looking at her like a fallen woman. And in the meantime, they're angry at the wife and they're angry at themselves and they're angry at the phone and they go through grieving and anger and they can't work and they're depressed and like that. And there's a real need for men to be able to understand that and come alongside other men, especially Christian uh, services, churches and like that, to offer counseling for fathers and mothers whose kids have self-violated or been violated. What are your thoughts on that, guys? Hello? <laughs> I think I think first of all, I'll, I'll jump in here. I think first of all, obviously, the first thing we as dads are going to do is ask, where did we fail? And mm-hmm. I think that's a, a normal emotion to feel. But we've got to quickly pull ourselves up by the bootstraps and help our young people recognize that they have been victimized. They are not dirty. They are not bad. We need to help them to heal. Uh, Mm -hmm. Depending on the nature of the incident or the duration, like you said, Mm -hmm. Opal, that might actually require professional counseling. It should. Just helping them recognize that, yes, you know, we still love you. You know, we understand there are lots of bad people out there, and they they have been viewing you as a commodity, and they tricked you. And we are sorry that happened. We are going to get through this together. Um, that's just part of the healing process. And also, again, you know, unfortunately, that often serves as the wake up call for some changes in you know the household that have to be made as far as behavior yeah. and access to websites, et cetera, et cetera. But I think just making sure they don't feel guilt and shame to an unnecessary degree is really important in that healing process. I try to train uh, therapists and counselors and youth pastors and regular pastors on this situation so that they can provide those services because this is a serious kind of counseling thing that, that needs the whole family healing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, Patrick, I mean, uh, go, well, go, let's begin to up when you, what, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was just tearing me up listening to you describe that. Um, but I think the one thing that, that's just irreplaceable is um, is that keeping trust between the parents and child, and and when that is lost, there there are serious consequences. And and so I think whether something has happened or not happened we really need to, to, to focus on how we as parents can keep the trust of our children so that they will tell us when things happen. Because a child right. feeling responsible to protect their family from, from a sextortionist, like I'm 11 or 12 years old and I have to make decisions to protect my family. That, that's just a horrible place for a child to be put. And I think yes. that's what's happening very frequently these days. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, uh, we're coming to the close here. Uh, Patrick, maybe, or Jeremy, whichever. Let's start with Patrick. How do they reach you? How do they get involved? If it's a man that wants to participate, uh, you know, tell us how we can get to contact you after the show. Okay, well, my email address is Patrick, which is P-A-T-R-I-C-K dot U-N hcr at gmail.com so that's my personal email and I, and I would be happy to hear from anyone um, any, any with any regards to this 
and uh, also I come and in, in, I do presentations and workshops on the link between human trafficking and pornography, if that's of interest or would be helpful. Um, I'm also organizing now a, a film and arts festival, which is seeitendit.com. And Say that's that again, where we want to engage the whole community. Ha- give us the connect again. Say it again. The, see it, end it. Oh, see com. it, end it. Okay. See yeah. it, end it dot com. Right. So that's our website for the film festival, and it's going to be March 29th and 30th. But it's a, it's a chance for the whole community to come together and say that this is important to us. And for people who have a talent or ability to, to feel that I can contribute something, um, everyone's got a part to play in this, no matter what it is, whether it's just being aware or whether it's contributing through their talents and skills, their business, um, their financially, whatever it is, but someone, everyone has a part to play in this. And that's what we want to demonstrate through the film festival. Okay. So but see I would be it. happy to hear from anyone. Okay. S E E I T N D E N D I T dot com. Okay. And that is um, March 29th and 30th. And th- is that in Long Beach or where? It's going to be in San Pedro at the historic Warner Grand Theater. Mm-hmm. We actually have two venues, and we have a whole program for children to learn cyber safety. Um, we're going to have the NetSmarts films that will be shown and then kind of talks with kids and also educational parents. Materials will be there. Um, so we're doing two venues and having a focus on children, family, um, some labor trafficking, and then also the sex trafficking and what's happening with, with our young okay. people domestically and also around the world. Okay, that sounds good. Uh, if you didn't get Patrick's email address, you can always reach me at opal at millionkids.org, and I will forward that over there. Jeremy, uh, do you want to provide any kind of contact information? Absolutely. I'd love to hear from other concerned fathers, so you're more than welcome to reach me directly at jgreening11 at gmail.com. And if you'd like to learn more about what we're doing through Armor Bearers, and Rebirth Homes, you can go to rebirthhomes.com and email info at rebirthhomes.com. Okay. And if you didn't get all that, you can just reach me at Opal and I'll just for Opal at millionkids.org and I'll shoot that over to you. Well, folks, this has been an interesting show. I just uh, totally, totally admire what these men are doing, that they're taking a leadership role, that they're researching these things, understanding, but more important, that they're part of the solution. And we need more and more and more of that. You know, we need to understand this is a complex issue. What is going on here. In my book, Societal Shift, A World Without Borders, A Home Without Walls, we are committing the greatest societal experiment of all times as we put our children on very complex technologies and we run along behind going, you be careful on that thing you hear, but we don't engage. We don't get involved. We don't see what they're doing and we must change that. So this show is called Exploited Crimes Against Humanity. We come every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. All of these shows are archived at exploitedcrimes.com, exploitedcrimes.com. Just go to listen, and they're all right there. You can share them. You can save them. You can download them. You can do whatever you want. Thank you so much for all the people who financially support the show and make it happen. We'll see you next Thursday morning. Have a great week, folks. Thank you.
you for tuning in this week to Exploited, Crimes Against Humanity. Please join your host, Opal Singleton, for another edition next Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll have another important discussion next week.